0: It's not that usual that Vayeshev is Shabbos Hanukkah. So nice to talk about a topic which involves both Hanukkah and Fashas Vayeshev. Let's talk about Hanukkah first. We know that the Zemer which we have for Hanukkah, Baal Tzor, doesn't refer to to Hanukkah. It describes all the various... The Christ was subjugated and uh, discusses the redemption of each one. Chanukah is just one paragraph. So that's the first point that I'd like to discuss. And that is, why is Hanukkah focused on not just the miracle of the redemption from the Greeks, from the Yavanim, but rather becomes the example of Redemption from all the various goddesses, exiles, to which the Jewish people were subject. There's a very interesting Gemara. So in the base. And the Gemara asks, What is the name of Mashiach? Mashmoy. We know that uh, Hashem promised us that there will be a Redeemer will come and take us out of g and the Gomorrah know his name and the Gomorrah gives a number of different opinions what the name of Moshiach is the Gomorrah gives one opinion that Moshiach's name is going to be Shiloh based on the Pasuk which Yaakov says in his bracha to his son Yehuda the ancestor of the Malchus Ad Ki Shiloh until Shilay comes. So we see Shilay is a name given to the Redeemer given to Mashiach. The Gemara is the second opinion that Mashiach's name is going to be Yinon it's very really referring to a Apostle in the him. it says Bifnei Shemesh Yinan and the Gemara is explaining Yinon to be a name rather than a verb his name will be Yonan. Gemara is a third opinion, and the third opinion of the Gemara is his name will be Hanina. Why Hanina? Because he brings the pasuk like in Yirmiyah They talks about Eretz being sent into the exile to a nation which will show them no favor. And the last option. The and the Gemara say that Mashiach's name is going to be Menachem ben Cheskiah. Why Menachem? Because the Apostle King Eicha describing the Churban, where Yirmiya says, Ain lehem Menachem. Ain Menachem, Lord. There's no one to comfort the Jewish people. So the Gemara Mm -hmm. says Mashiach's name will will be Menachem. It's interesting, in this case, it doesn't just say Mashiach's name, This is his father's name, Ben we need an explanation. We gave the other three examples or explanations of what Mashiach's name is going to be, it didn't give the name of a father. Why is this case different? Also, the whole idea of the different opinions of what Mashiach's name is going to be, also need an explanation. Maybe Shia is referring to a person, but another, a number of other names are referring to a, a word. And will show you favor, Shiazaytul Haim Chanilo isn't the name of a person. Ain lo Menach means there's no one to comfort them, it's not necessarily the name of a person. So, what do Chazal mean when they're asking what's Mashiach's name? And what are the four different opinions being offered? Now, the first point we need to understand is a general introduction to understand such this type of agalata And that is, it's not an argument where each one holds the other opinion to be incorrect. In a case like this it means all four are correct. And they're really re- referring to different aspects of Mashiach. If that's the case it brings us to another understanding. And if there are four names given to the Redeemer, to Mashiach, we understand it's because there are four times that the Jewish people went into exile. And each time we went to exile we need to be redeemed. And if there are four facets to Mashiach, and what that means is that there's four different, so to speak, perspectives of God. And so what we need to do is understand each particular type of Goddess, and in each case, to describe what the goal, what the Redeemer from that particular goddess had to be. So let's start from the beginning. The first time that the Jewish people went into goddess was at the time of the destruction of the first Bessemegdesh. What was this unique factor of that first goddess? So, if we look at the Psukim describing the Khurman, what we find as the theme which comes again and again in the Psukim in Yermia and Psukim in Eicha, was the, the first point was the shock of the very fact that the walls of Jerusalem could be preached the very fact that it was possible for the Jewish people to be vanquished and it would end up going to goddess Why? Because it wasn't just us the Jewish people. The entire world considered Jerusalem unconquerable. Considered it impossible that any enemy would be able to breach the fortifications of Jerusalem, And this is the Pasuk in The kings of the world couldn't believe anybody who lived in the world. Any enemy would be able to come into Yerushalayim. Why? Because many had tried previously to come into Yerushalayim and everybody had failed. And therefore, the understanding that the world had was well, this is something impossible to do Hashem is protecting Yerushalayim and there's no way to breach it where was this most clearly shown to the world this is most clearly shown to the world in the victory of Chizkiyahu Amelech over the king of Ashur over San Kheriv whose monarchy extended to the extent of the civilized world. San who amassed the largest army ever mentioned in the Nech. And he brings this tremendous force to the gates of Yerushalayim. And Chizkiyo, who is completely outnumbered and has no chance of standing up to San in battle, has barricaded himself in Yerushalayim when the biggest army in the world has camped right outside the gates. And as you know from the night, what happens is that night HaKodesh Baruch was down the Malachim. And while Khizkiyoh and his army are sleeping, the Malachim completely destroyed the army of Ashur. What was the result in the world? Why did everybody come to the realization after such a story? And there's it's not that people protected Yushalayim. It's not that Khizkiyoh had a stronger army. He didn't even fight. It's that Yerushalayim is impenetrable. So Nacharev marches to the gates of Yerushalayim, and then he, then gets destroyed by angels. If the pasuk says Acham esayeh on your walls Yerushalayim have put guards. You're protecting the city. And if the Malachi are protecting the city, then no one will be able to take it. That was the impression the world had until the time of the first flood. The Kairos were convinced, just like the world was, that nothing would ever happen to them. They were protected in Yerushalayim. They didn't realize that the protection of Yerushalayim was the fact that they deserved Baruch Hu's protection. And when they no longer deserved it, their protection got taken away. And the main reaction mm-hmm. to the Khurban was shock. How could such a thing be? And Kairos felt that the fact that they had been beaten, that they had been vanquished, was a sign that their covenant with Hashem was over. The Prophet told us that the elders came to Yechaskol and they said, a lady who has been divorced by her husband, to have any connection to each other? an implication being that our relationship with Hashem has been severed. And that's what is referring to. And he says time and time again, in Nachim, there's no one to comfort us. There was no one to put into perspective what had happened. Our Klayishol could lose. Our Klayishol could be beaten. And the element of the Goddess of Babel was that tragedy that Kaisha lost them, the Melach the, of the kingship. The Klai had been had succumbed to a foreign power. We were never redeemed from Babel. Hashem gave Babel seventy years, and then they got destroyed. But there was never a concept of redemption that we were taken out of Babel. Well, the redemption from Babel would have been. The ability to understand from perspective how Klai Yisrael could suffer a loss, be beaten, in a way that explains to us why it was a necessary and positive thing for us, another sign of destruction. That needs a Menachem. The concept of comfort is the idea, not that we can be trying to overlook or to forget about the tragedy, it tells us the idea of comfort is to put things into a different perspective. when we can see previously looked to us as being so terrible, so tragic, as being something which is really for our benefit, something which is really good. To put to attraction into that perspective we haven't yet been able to do. That will be part of the job of the Redeemer. And that is to put suffering into that perspective of why it's good for us. Why it was a necessary stage for Klai Yisrael. That's the job of the Menachem. But here it's Menachem Ben-Chizkiah because it's based on the expectation that there had been since Chizkiah. And that is, Cheskir was the one who successfully, so to speak, his chos defended Yerushalayim, and that led to the expectation that Yerushalayim is impossible to destroy. And now we need a Menachem who can explain to us how the fact that we did get destroyed, the fact how we did go into Godas, was something which was also positive. That's the first element of Godas to put suffering into perspective of why it's all good for us. The second element of Gola is something we find unique in Gondos Press in the exile of Persia. We know that the challenge that the Jewish people faced in the time of Persia was the challenge of Haman. And really the challenge of Haman, and this is a fascinating thing to think about, even though Homan himself wasn't from press. But the goddess revolved around the fact that Homan had found favor by the king. The king had promoted him, the king had given him his signatory, and that enabled Homan to enact any decree he wanted to. And the ge'ola didn't come with the downfall of the empire. The ge'ola came when the king changed his mind. And in place of Haman, we were the ones who found favor in the eyes of the king. And Haman landed up being killed, and Achashveresh took the ring from Haman and gave it to Mordechai. That was the concept of the gula from press, It was a question of a gula in the sense of who found favor in the eyes of the king. We see more than that. The the next generation the ones who came back to Israel after the press so their leaders Ezra and Nehemiah weren't victors against press it was rather Cyrus, the king of press who gave them permission to go, who funded the building of the base of Mikdash and they say this so even in our affliction, even in our poverty, Hashem did chesed for us and we found favor in the eyes of the kings of Christ. So many Nehemiah was standing in front of the king, and he says, I will find favor in his eyes. This is the second kind of guula. A go'ela which is a chanino, A go'ela which comes not by overthrowing the malchus, not by destroying the enemy, but rather finding favor in the eyes of kings. That's the second way we can be redeemed. It's the second aspect, the second element of the Mashiach. And then we come to a third. And that's what we were discussing in the Hanukkah. our conflict with Yavon. And unlike either of the other ones, here is actually a battle. And here the, res- the redemption from the enemy came in the form of victory over the enemy. We destroyed them. We went to battle and we were victorious. The word yinon is the word of strength. Unfortunately, we explain the pastor yinon his name will be strong. Just like Yaakov talks about Reishish Aini, the first of my strength is the same Sherish. There'll be a a Redeemer who's strong. A Redeemer is going to go to war, fight for Hashem, and be victorious and vanquish the enemy. That's another element of God. That's what we celebrate when we celebrate the miracle of the victory of Yahweh. But there's something much more deep and much more fascinating to think about. If you look at the name Yinon, It's exactly the same letters as Yavon, with one addition, there's the bent Nun. We spoke last time about the idea of the bent Nun is the Nun of supplication, the Nun of tefillah, that we dive into Hashem from a point of feeling inadequate on our own, feeling completely bent and reliant on Hashem. That's what gives us our strength. The strength of the Redeemer who is going to fight the Goyim is b'koyach. Not with armies and not with superior strength or with overwhelming numbers. The strength which is given to us is the fact that R. K. Baruch helps us fight. The Maccabees were the best example of this. The Chashmolayim, when they went to fight, weren't stronger than the Greeks. They were Ma'atim and they were Chalashim And they were fighting an army much greater, much stronger, much better trained and better equipped than they were. And yet they were successful in battle and they managed to destroy an enemy hundreds of times their size. The might of the Moshiach, who has the ability to fight and to win wars for Qal Yisrael, comes from the Nun. The supplication in Chazal tell us that the way the Mecham went to war was to fast and to it. And Hashem gave him strength on the battlefield. That's the Mashiach who's called Yinon. The Mashiach who fights Yavon. The Mashiach who wins because he has Hashem's strength which helps him fight. And that brings us to the final one. Shiloh. Ad Rome was different to Yavon. They often prided themselves on their athleticism, on their physical stamina, on being Spartans and being warriors. Rome had a different technique of how they came to power. Sure, they also had armies and legions. But Rome had the ability to make deals, to bring other countries under their influence, to extend through diplomacy their power around the world. really Chazal referred to this quote? When they talk about the four kings of Rome as being, so to speak, spiritual ancestors of the four Malchias, the fourth of the four kings name was Tidal, Melech Goyim. He was the king of the Goyim. What does that mean? So Chazal said that he sent a Trinity to Malachim Rabbim. He had extended his influence to many nations. He had the ability to bring other places, people and other places under his influence. And that was the Qayyach of The idea is always characterised. Malchus of Adam, the ability to make deals to, so to speak, allies and United Nations. That's the Melech Goyim. That puts together the strength of a uh, united force of many nations. And what will Mashiach do for him? So the usaid here, and it says about Shiloh, v'lai yikas Shiloh, the Mashiach, will be an individual who's so great, so powerful, so impressive, that people will voluntarily make allegiance with him, join forces with him. And that will be the redemption from the strength from the dominion of Adam. That rather than being aligned with, Adam, people voluntarily change and choose to align themselves with Mashiach? Shi-loid, I'm, I'm going to explain, comes with two words, shai they'll bring him tribute. And that's what the Pasek says about the Mashiach in the future, that all the nations will be they'll bring the leader tribute. That will be the greatness of the individual Mashiach, which will be universally recognized and respected. So we've seen four elements of what the goal has to be. Four different ways of Gullah, or facets of One, each one corresponding to an element of one of the four exiles which the Jewish people were subject. But Wilner mm-hmm. points out that these four names which are given to Mashiach, Menachem ben Cheskia, Shiloh, Yinoim, and Chanino, spell the words, if you take the first letter of each one, are the Rashi of the word Mashiach. Mashiach, the Redeemer will have all these four attributes within him. But now let's look at the passion. Yehuda, the son of Yaakov, knows that he is the ancestor of the of the Malthus, of the kings. The royal seed will come from him. Yehuda has three sons. And let's look at something fascinating. You heard his youngest son, Shayla. It doesn't take much to understand. It's the same name as Shiloh. The concept of the Mashiach who's going to be the one who unites the world. You heard his son, Shayla. After that quality of Mashiach has to have. You should, you should his middle son. What's well, called Einan. This also doesn't like take much to understand. This is the same name as Einan, you know. for the word power, strength, Oini. What about you hear this first son? You want to call this first son Air? So it's an amazing thing to think about. That if you take the other two names, which are given to Mashiach, the name Hanina and the name Menachem, together with the letters, it comes to the Gematria of Air. The final two qualities which Mashiach has to possess were alluded to in the name of you heard his first son. But what's even more fascinating is we know that Aaron and did bad in the eyes of Hashem and were punished, they were killed young. And Yehuda had two more sons. The one who bore the seed of the Melucha was called Parrots. Parrots is the exact matria of Chanina and Benachim. And Ainun. The two sons who died. And what's left with uh, we still have? Is Shiloh, The last one we stole is still alive, is in Shiloh, But what about the other son? You heard a head called Zerach? What is the significance of his name? And if we're ready on the topic, we can ask two more questions. We find other names which are given to Mashiach besides the four mentioned. The one is the name Temach. And so, if after the name may be as Avdi I'm going to bring my son Temach, my servant Temach. And then, the Chazal will tell us, Mashiach, the Gemara brings us in Haggadah as well. Mashiach's name will be David. David What's the significance of that? What was the reason why Zerach was given his name? So we know that when, his, when Tamar was about to give birth, so first Zerach sticks out a hand and retracts it and often, parrots is born. What was the significance of that action? What does it show us? On uh, this particular point I heard from my Rabbi Ramesh What when it came to teach, was that Zarach would be the one to point the way for parrots. Just like a person uses his hand to show the direction, so Zerach's hand showed the direction for what later on parrots would accomplish. And why was it called Zarech? We asked the question, why Dafma and Hanukkah We take the opportunity to make mention of all the times the Kaisal were in God's? Why don't we focus solely on Yavon? The answer is, because Hanukkah is the only God we've ever had. Like I said previously, the Bible collapsed. We were never redeemed from them. Paras, they were the ones who let us go back to Eretz Yisrael. Yavon, we overcame. Rami, we're still in their We're still shackled to We're still in their goddess. And therefore, the only example we have of a gulah, which we can point to, as an example, as the basis for the future goddess are going to be Yitchanaka. The word Zarach means to shine. The word Zarach is also the geometry of the R the night of the eight days. What shows us the point of towards Moshiach is going to be. The example we already have of Ga'ulah, if we can celebrate, is Chanukah. That's the Zarach. But there's more to it. Maybe in Ga'ulah, because was our first example. But what about as the example of the person that the girl has to be? Where was our example of the leader? The one we can point to. As this is the idea, this is a concept which the qualities of the Gullah will be felt by a person who represents what the future Mashiach will have and that is David HaMelech, he's also called the Mashiach Hashem, the name of Hashem he possessed those qualities that's why one of Mashiach's names is David the Atzmah. it's the real David David was the one who gave us the, so to speak, the example, the role model for Mashiach has to be. And therefore it makes perfect sense that the name Zerach is the Gematria of David Ba'atzim, David himself. That was the forerunner, that was also the example of Mashiach. So we see the different aspects of the Goyal, and one last point, whose name is Temach. If you think about it, Tzamech is exactly the same matter as Menachem. The elements of Mashiach is the one that can comfort Klai Yisrael and show us how everything which is a tragedy was really a source of growth. That's what Tzamech means to grow. That's the first aspect of the Goya. The one that shows us how every goddess was really a, a growth. The, the, the level of Mashiach defines Chaminah, Defines favor in the eyes of everyone. So you who know, can engage in battle with the s'chus of his tefillah and be victorious. And lastly the Shiloh, to whom and to whom the entire world will unite. Together that's what Mashiach is going to be. On Hanukkah we celebrate. The beginning of the Ghora. And it's the Zarach, it's the pointer which points towards the day when the descendant of David, the descendant of Peretz, will usher in the area the, the area of Mashiach and bring about the final goal.